Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Good morning, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. Uh, it's a wonderful show with a very, very special person coming on soon. Um, but first, of course, for those of you who've been tuning in the last couple of weeks, you know that I finished going through the sections of my book. So um, we're taking a break from my book, No More Everyday Awakening, because I've gone through the entire thing. And I may start it up again in the future, but I thought we'd do something different in the meantime, like I did in the last couple of weeks. So I'm reading from my blog from a couple of years ago, because that's what the book was based on anyway. Um, So today's section is entitled... Real freedom comes from listening to our heart. We all desire freedom. It is a natural inclination. We always want to move from more restriction to less. Yet sometimes that desire has has its challenges. We desire to be free and make our own decisions. However, those decisions are always made in context. It could be in the context of family, our jobs, or our neighborhood. So attention develops from deciding what to do for ourselves and what to do in the context of others. What is our responsibility to the collective? How much should we let the impact on others be taken into consideration? There is no simple answer. We are sovereign beings living and working with other sovereign beings. Our choices and decisions impact the lives of others, just as their choices and decisions impact our lives. So how do we find the balance? One solution is not to find the balance in our heads by weighing all the pros and cons, but to find it in our hearts to be still and go inside and feel what is the right choice. Not from a place of logic or calculations, but from a place of feeling and connectedness. Perhaps one choice makes logical sense, yet it still does not feel right. We want our freedom so much that we toughen up our hearts so as not to consider anyone else. Another choice might feel right, yet not seem to make logical sense. That choice might mean curbing some of our own desires in order to take care of others. It is a very individual act, for only we know what is truly in our hearts. Perhaps the truest freedom comes from following our heart's messages and not our mind. For which one lifts us up individually as well as collectively? The heart has a certain wisdom that far exceeds the wisdom of the mind. Perhaps our truest freedom comes from just being in alignment with what we feel deep in our heart. So where in your life is there a push and pull around freedom and responsibility to others? What does your heart have to say about it? So I wrote this blog a a couple of years ago 
and it was kind of in context to all the controversy around wearing masks. And I found it so interesting that so many people had such a hard time with putting on a mask. Why do I need to do it? They're impinging upon my personal freedom with all the mask mandates and everything at the time. And it was really quite interesting. You know, my, my wife is Chinese. She's from Beijing. And in Asia, people wear masks all the time. The, 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 there are images of people riding the Tokyo train system wearing masks you know, 10, 20 years ago. Because there is a balance between our quote-unquote individual freedom and what's right to do for the community around us. Now, look, I understand a lot of people say, oh, masks don't do any good, but I just don't buy it. I really don't. Because look how, when they started to wear masks in operating rooms, how much less infections there were, how much less problems there were. The fact that when we do wear masks, things spread a lot less. I don't buy the argument. I never did. But more importantly, it was really about where was that choice, that decision about not wanting to wear a mask? Where was it coming from? Was it coming from our heads or was it coming from our hearts? In my experience in talking to people, it was very much in the head. It wasn't from the heart. Because when we listen to our heart, the choices and decisions we make are not so self-centered, are not so individualistic. They're much more about us in context to everyone else and about doing what's right, not just for ourselves and what we feel in the moment, but what's right for the larger community around us. And I think this is an important part to bring up even though there are no mask mandates now, even though things are different now and the pandemic is over. Because it's not about the pandemic. It's not about this invisible bug or virus that's going around. It's about how we live our life. It's about how sustainably we live. It's about caring what's going on in other regions of the world where there are conflicts and violence. It's about caring about the future of humanity and not just our individual instant gratification. I am a true believer that when we fully learn to sit and be still and be present to what's going on on the inside, that our choices and our decisions will always be the right ones, not just for us, but for everyone around us. So next time you have to make a choice that you feel might limit your freedom in some way ask yourself when you're still 
and fully present to what's going on on the inside, when you can really feel your heart's calling, what would your heart want you to do? I once heard it said that the mind should be the heart's soldier. And I truly believe in that. Not that we should have no mind at all. Not that we should ignore the mind. But that we should use it to follow the heart's instructions. And when we find that balance between heart and mind, I think it just makes everything better. Just one man's opinion. Please try it on for size. See how it works for you. And if it does, great. And if it doesn't, then maybe you've just learned something in the process. All right. Without further ado, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show clinical hypnotherapist, best-selling international author, speaker, mentor, and hypnobirthing instructor, Natasha Sharma. Natasha has adopted the Nom de Plume, first time I get to say that on the show, Nom de Plume of NS Shakti in April of 23, with the publication of her best-selling book, Brave Kids. And her next book is due to launch in just a few short weeks in, in the beginning of next year, entitled Love Initiation. Natasha's passion is money and manifestation in the relationship to self-worth. Her mission is to have conversations about death, thereby normalizing it. It's such an important conversation. In human design, and if you guys don't remember what human design is, I've had a couple of different practitioners talk about human design. So go look in the past uh, for my interviews with Stephen Robolito about human design. But in human design, she's a 3-5 mental projector. Ooh, my wife's a projector, but I'm a manifesting generator. I'm a 1-3 manifesting generator. Um, and she's created, she's created to be a, a vehicle of wisdom, a guide for people who need her, who are ready for her, who recognize her and invite her. Ooh, very key. Projectors need to be invited into their lives simply for the words she has to share and the questions she will inevitably ask. Her given name, Natasha, means resurrection. And true to form, her spirit animal in this plane has manifested as a snake. Ooh, I love snakes. A precious uh, spirit of eternal earth and of water, divine, ancient, feminine, powerful energy, and of rebirth. Um, Because snakes shed their skin every month, and they are reborn every time they shed their their, their skin. Holding spaces to to alter the money and manifestation mindset and its connection to self-worth, boldly embodying Shakti and stepping into that raw power of the life force, Kundalini energy, and the ability to see and activate our, her divine gifts and purpose in this world. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Natasha. Thank you so much, Sam. It was so nice to hear you read the bio out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's kind of funny. It's like when someone else is interviewing me and they read my bio and I'm like, oh, really? I did all that? Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. So I, I always like to start off with giving the audience a little bit of, of context. So how did you come to be you know focusing on manifestation on money on death on on all of these very 
deep, deep topics. I mean, was this something that, you know, you, you were one of those little kids who were like mature beyond your age, or was this something that developed later in life? Wow, Sam, it's like you had a cheat sheet. How did you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> My spirit animal so, yes. was spying on your spirit animal. <laughs> Clearly. So, um, yeah, I like to use the term 15 to 50. I'm turning 50 Mm. next year. And I had this full download at the age of 15, um, whereby um, it's taken me from 15 to 50 to be able to say it out loud. I have gray hair that makes people not argue with me anymore. Um, (laughs) You know, because when when you have this knowledge so young, um, it's more than your you're too young to speak them out loud. People don't take you seriously. There's no validation. There's no experience. And so I spent my whole life sort of like um, chasing certificate and validation after the other um, in order to speak my truth. And I finally am now in my alignment. And so I really appreciate the share with which you started this uh, conversation. It really is bang on the mind and the heart and total alignment. And we can only serve humanity when each of us change one person at a time. So when we work on ourselves, we are setting examples for others to do the same. And once everyone changes and shifts and is in alignment, then the world is going to be a wonderful place. Yes, yes, yes. So so you got this download. Was there any like precipitating event or... You know, was there any context to it or it just kind of happened out of the blue? So I think it was the universe preparing me for the fact that my mother was going to die. Um, so my um, mother fell sick when I, so that's the whole death conversation. Um, yeah. So my mother fell sick when I was 14, which was just on the, um, you know, um, following my grandfather's death. And he's the person I was the closest to. And uh, he died, then my mother fell sick. And then she was sick for two years and she died when I was 16. So in the middle of that is when this, um, you know, sort of uh, download happened, wherein anything I've ever read that is to do with spirituality or the other world or the woo stuff, if you would like to just put it like that, because back then in the 90s, these things weren't normal conversation. They are now, thank God. But back then there wasn't. I was really alone. Um, And it felt weird. Like every time I heard anything that I already knew it, I already knew it. If you asked me, probably in isolation, maybe I would not have the answers or all the answers, but I definitely, I haven't heard anything new ever. Whether it be aliens, whether it be conspiracy theories, whether it be DNA discoveries, anything like it's like I already know. And that's when um, it's only recently through, you know, a lifetime of different experiences that um, I now have the confidence to say that I belong to this energy that presented itself almost biblical, like the snake Mm. in the Garden of Eden. And then I just came back from Egypt where I discovered that the snake and the feminine energy is before time and beyond the end of time and that I belong to that energy. And I'm here in the world today to witness the changes, to hold space for people as they change. Myself alone I don't have any role, any physical role in the fabric. I'm just a witness um, and an activator. So I've just fully now stepped into my um, divine gifts and stopped making excuses and trying to justify and trying to people please and do the right thing. Um, 
I've realized my alignment and my value for myself, not from any external validation. And um, it set me free, truly free. And you started the conversation with freedom. And mm-hmm. that is what is most important. And ironically, that freedom makes me more sensitive to people. It makes me connect with them more authentically because there's no judgment because right. everyone's on their own life path and everyone is unique. And when I can hold space for people with that energy, then there's just love and nothing yes. else. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. We got to take our first break. When we come back, I got a ton of questions for you. Um, uh, just even from what you just said and, and we'll continue kind of, I want to follow your path a little bit and how things develop and how you got to be, you know, a best selling international author and, and, and when you decided to actually fully step into all this work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, Natasha. Thank you. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on talkradio.nyc and all over social media uh, through our, our live streams. And we will be right back with our guest, Natasha Sharma, in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mara Bracu, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 1 p.m. Eastern on Fridays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Weakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Natasha Sharma, uh, hypnotherapist, uh, international best-selling author, speaker, um, and 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 hypnobirthing instructor. Which I do want to get to that balance between birthing and deathing. But I'm just curious. So you talked about you had this big download when you were 15. You experienced both your your grandfather and your mother's passing. 
how did things go from there? I know you said you felt very isolated. People weren't talking about spiritual stuff as much in, back then as, as they are now. So what did you do? Did you just kind of shut down? Were you just, did you just keep quiet about it? Like, how did you cope with life after that? So that's an interesting question. So um, obviously combined in with all of this, I'm a projector who um, has the ability to share these uh, this information built in anyway, um, but needs the invitation. So I would make some meaningful connections. I would have some really important conversations with some people. And the rest of the time, it's like I was talking to a void. Um, but I basically thought that I had because, you know, I was a child and it, it goes on the books that you read. So I actually thought I had magical powers. And then I thought that, oh, my goodness, what if tomorrow I get angry with someone and then I turn them into a toad or they get warts? And so then I literally decided to, like, lock up my powers in a chest. And then I would take them out only when I really needed something. So, of course, in my teenage years, it was like, oh, I like that boy. So then, you know, I, my, I was never disappointed romantically. Let's put it like that. Um, and then when I needed my first big job or when I needed to buy my first house, you know, then I would like I, the fact that it was manifestation and all of these bits. I didn't know. I didn't realize it was just inbuilt and I could like get whatever I wanted, um, you know, by being in alignment. And I really had to desire it for it to you know, uh, manifest. And um, then it's only when, and as a career, I basically was in advertising. I moved to India from England. I'm actually born and brought up in England, fourth generation British. Mm-hmm. And I moved to India to become an actress, actually, mm-hmm. um, which I never pursued, to be fair. Uh, but I became a producer. So I worked in the advertising industry for 15 years. And then I sort of decided I wanted to go back home Um and so I decided to go back with a with a qualification, and that's when I studied hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the process of studying it, I ended up doing a lot of self healing, and that self healing ended up with huge shifts that ended up me getting married and staying back. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, so I went back to England and I got my hypno birthing specialization because you know hypnotherapy as a you know it's so, it's so broad it's a broad category um, yeah and then what happened is uh, from a series of uh incidences is when i i basically sat down on my couch two years ago no actually yeah two years ago i sat down on my couch and i declared that's it i'm not working anymore I am done trying to set up a business. I'm done trying to convince people the veracity of hypnobirthing and the subconscious mind. It was just driving me crazy. Constantly have a headache talking to people who weren't in alignment, who weren't on their self-awareness journey. And then working with those clients wasn't serving me. And, um, you know, the in India, there's a lot of taboo around mental health and emotional health and and then I realized that I'm actually not Indian. I'm, you know, I'm brought up in the West. I think differently and I am conditioned differently and it doesn't work in this marketplace, in this space. And there are lots of practitioners, but I guess a cultural divide came in for me. And so I decided that's it. And I sat down on my couch and I declared, 
are not doing anything. And my husband decided to indulge me on this and he just sort of left me alone. And in that space of not doing anything is when I joined Clubhouse and I made meaningful collect connections with people on the same wavelength as me in the same vibrational frequencies. From there, I met people who met people who then introduced me to a publisher. And then I became part of this book collaboration. And then I became a published author. And that shifted me. Mm. That gave me a full a full boost up there once I became a published author. Then I, um, I contributed to a second book collaboration, um, which was in January 2023. So I be- so it was August 2022 that was my first book um january was the second one brave kids was in may and now my fourth one and the fourth one came around with this huge opportunity to go on a two-week trip to egypt so i feel your peru energy i just got back you can see my suitcase in the background i forgot to remove it before the call so i mean i'm unpacked finally i did that yesterday i just got back like not even you know 10 days ago and um there that's what basically called me to really validate on an energetic universal level my conversations about death and manifestation and my own power um and then here I am with you, fresh <laughs> off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> or the plane, I should hope. If you took a boat from me. Well, to be fair, time. I was on the Nile for seven full days on a oh. luxury yacht, which was amazing. I bet. I bet. I have friends in Egypt right now. I think they're about to come back. Um, awesome. Powerful place. So, so when did you start, like, it sounds like just a couple of years ago, like mentoring and working with people on this whole uh, manifestation mindset. So like I said, I had the gift from 15. Um, Mm -hmm. I just wasn't aware how to share it. So I used Mm -hmm. to try to, for example, tell my friends, like, for example, like I said, if I was crushing on a boy, then for me, it was so easy to get his attention. And then I used to try to tell, you know, the girls around me that, listen, it's, you know, but so I was, I wasn't able to, I could do it for myself. I wasn't able to figure out how to do it for other people. So, so you didn't when, have the language to share it. Exactly. So it is when I actually got introduced to human design, which was completely by accident, mm-hmm. that I realized that I was talking the wrong language to the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't waiting for the invitations. And therefore, I was had not having any success. And now that I'm just basically sitting back in allowance and in alignment, um, I have uh, more success mentoring people by being an example and then just holding space for their growth, celebrating their wins and holding space when they're down. And that incre- automatically increases self-worth and the sense of self, self-value as that increases. So does your bank balance. And honestly, we don't need right. to actually be working hard to earn more money. We basically need to be doing what we love and we can manifest the rest. And that is a process of deconditioning that needs people to help coach, mentor, guide them through that. So whoever's ready, because not every voice is for every ear, whoever's ready for me comes to me and it sort of just is working in synchronicity right now very well and also um this is like now absolutely fresh uh, after egypt is that i've decided that because um 
I've managed to embrace the projector experiment so well. And I've successfully done a lot of deconditioning and I can stay in alignment. I've passed a lot of tests staying in alignment, staying mm. on that ball, if you will, <laughs> of balance. Um, that now I've decided to open up five spots for projectors, specifically for projectors to uh-huh. mentor them during their deconditioning process. But Sam, only those who are already self-aware, who already know about human design and desire help, and then they can invite me. Oh, <laughs> so I've gotten all my P's and Q's and dotted my I's and cross my T's. <laughs> and, and so are you working with them individually or are you working with them as a group? So it's a combination of two. I'm part okay. of this uh, community that's based in Australia um, called Sacred You. I hold a tribe there. That's a group. Um, I do. My tribe is Money Mindset Manifestation Magic Tribe. So MMMM. And then I'm part of these networking groups in one in Maryland and one in Canada. And so those are like group spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, from which I get clients who want to work with me one on one, but I have a very tight roster because I'm a projector, so um, I don't work, I allow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'll talk to my wife and she if she wants to connect with you because she's uh, uh, she had a hard time until she found out she was a projector and that she needed to be invited because she sees so much and she knows so mm-hmm. much. And she's a therapist, mm-hmm. right? So she's mm-hmm. wants to share, but now she's learned that like she's got to wait for the invitation. It's tough. It's tough because mm-hmm. we've been conditioned like generators and manifesting generators. My husband's a manifesting generator, like you. Uh, um, and the way that you guys function is very different than how we're built. And there's like the world it wasn't for us, like the yes, yeah, the systems. Yeah. Yes, the one the one trick I learned is as a projector, you can ask to be invited. Yes, by showing up. Like I'm here with you. Right. So. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I got tons of questions to ask you. Okay. We're gonna take our next break. When we come back, um, let's see if you have some tips for our audience about manifestation. Like what what are some basic things that people should know to help them? Because I, I mean I see it today. People are working so hard, they're they're doing so many different things. And they're getting burnt out. And and I I know not necessarily that I'm able to do it quite as well, but I know that manifesting can be a lot easier and doesn't actually require as much hard work. So let's get into that. When we come back, you're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. And we'll be right back with our guest, Natasha Sharma, in just a moment. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. 
Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back. Um, so, Natasha, you, you've talked a lot about being able to to kind of manifest almost, you know, whatever you want. And people work so hard to manifest things and, and they 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 have a hard time. So so what are some basics around manifestation that people should know to help to make their lives just a little bit easier? So there are two main points here. Number one, that we are all always manifesting whether we're aware of it or not. So every thought that we have consistently that is charged with energy from within us manifests. And generally we end up manifesting negative things because that charges uh, so much more higher on its own. Um, whereas uh, positive feelings and positive thoughts have to be cultivated and worked on. And, you know, it's kind of inert. You have to push it. Mm. Um, Whereas the negative just sort of happens. So when we think bad things, bad things happen. When we're stressed, there's more stress. When we're, you know, there's all of that. And then when we are focused on the rat race and working really hard, and then we get a big bill, then it makes us feel bad. When that makes us feel bad, that affects our self-worth. And that self-worth then affects our money story. So it's all really connected. Um, and so so to the point that the first thing is to be aware that we're manifesting all the time anyway, and to experiment with that, how that shows up, becoming vigilant of our thoughts and our emotions, um, being truly present with oneself, just not when you're meditating or doing yoga, like all the time, like when you're in, when you're idle, what are yes. you thinking? Yes. Be mindful of that, call that thought back, change it be mindful of the words you use words have immense power um try to not use nots and negatives because the universe doesn't hear those words it deletes so if you say i don't want this the universe hears i want this and that's how you find things boomeranging on you um often so i'm kind of like really vigilant around my friends and my clients with their language and i try very hard to monitor myself sometimes it gets a bit difficult to be fair because you know i don't want something you know you have to say it because that's how you're conditioned <laughs> and so you know like i spent like i told you i spent this whole like last two years saying i don't work and then it's only recently i'm like come on you have to stop saying that because i'm the busiest person who doesn't work <laughs> i mean <laughs> you know <laughs> i know i know I, I i'm also when i work with clients i'm very mindful of their language and what they do and to me it's you always want to be solution oriented not problem oriented so it, it's when you're talking about not you're focusing on the problem but yes. you want to replace it with what it is that you do want you always want to focus on what you do want exactly which is 
pretty much for everyone a life of grace and ease that's pretty much what everyone wants everyone wants happiness and joy but if you actually looked at your life how much are you actually doing to pursue that like mm-hmm. how how often do we live like we lived as children happy carefree joyous believing that we could do anything that we wished in life you know till the world taught us otherwise and it's about reclaiming that joy reclaiming that mindset realizing that the universe will provide and yes there are bad things happening in the world yes there is war and strife and pandemics and all of these things but to realize that you know again it's all about balance there's dark and light and sadness and and cycles everything's in cycles and you know we also can't um disqualify the role of karma and karmic activities mm-hmm. in the whole thing um you know i i i always remember and i i like to relate this to people um you know 13 and a half years ago when i took over the radio station we also took over an acupuncture practice from a gentleman who had decided to become a buddhist monk And so we brought in an acupuncturist for him to train in his particular method of acupuncture. And I I remember sitting in on one of his sessions and he said to the person he was training, he goes, look, we don't cure anybody of anything. We just bring their body back into homeostasis. And he said, because you may have a client with cancer, you may cure them of the cancer, but then they go out and get hit by a bus. And he said, Mm -hmm. because we don't know their... I think the term he used was kama vipaka. Like mm. what is their spiritual karma? And and so we have a tendency to really think about things in a very limited, very immediate way. But if you pull back your perspective to one of like, not just this lifetime, but what about what happens over several lifetimes, you can get a very different perspective. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. Mm. And, you know, to be fair, you know, their karma also manifests itself in different ways. There is group karma, there is um, family karma, there's like, you know, a lot, that's a completely different rabbit hole altogether. But the point is that, you know, in this lifetime right here, we have the conditioning as well. And what you said about the acupuncturist and the cancer. So I was a trained, uh, well, I am, I practice it very little um i'm a pranic healer which is kind of like reiki Mm -hmm. and the reason that i shifted to the hypnotherapy instead is because i really feel that all this energy work is basically band-aid like what your guy said about bringing you back to homeostasis unless you get to the root of the problem that manifests itself as a disease then it's just going to come back again then there's the karmic thing if your time is up your time is up now you can cure the cancer get hit by a bus you're out your exit is marked you have to exit so that's one part the other part is realizing that all diseases all um states of being are because of a imbalance between mind body and or spirit so it's just that trifecta that you know needs to be addressed and pretty much any disease can be cured if the person wants to be cured and that starts in an emotional state yeah i like to say I, I like to use because of of the, what I'm trained in, in the particular lineage I'm part of is heart, mind, body, and spirit. Mm, um, that like there's that. actually four because lots of times the heart is left out, and right. and a lot of our work, at least I've found, is is heart centered work. 
And that when we pay attention to the heart, when we learn to feel safe to be in our heart space again, then we can not only unwind trauma, but we can create deeper connections with other people. We feel our place as part of a community much more. That is true. That is true. And that is, you know, the seat of love and joy, which is, you know, exactly what I'm saying as well. And I, and, you know, and I appreciate that, that, you know, that's another message I'm getting also is that, of course, there's the power of three, but there's a balance in four. Yes. You know, yes. if you look at nature and the elements and all of that. So, so uh, I mean, before it gets too late in the show, I do want to touch upon, um, you know, two topics that, that you work with about the hypnobirthing and death. So kind of working at opposite ends of life. And it's so funny because I actually was just interviewed for a um, a summit earlier about sort of how to stay energetically young to help with reverse the the aspects of aging. But I did mention, I was like, hey, but we still got to consider death. And, and I find it so interesting that for so long, I didn't hear really anyone talking about death. But in the last 10 years, I've had a couple of friends become death doulas. I interviewed mm-hmm. someone on this show probably six months ago who wrote a book called The Inner Work of Age. And and it's becoming, I, I see, starting, just barely starting to come more into the conversation. So why is it so important to consider death? And, and how does that relate to birth? So for me, it took me 35 years to get over my mother's death. I was stuck mm-hmm. in the anger stage of grief pretty much for my whole life. And that that dictated how I lived my life, which was pretty high risk. Um, I obviously have some pretty active angels around me. Um, you know, I mean, getting on the plane, flying off to a country that I didn't know anyone, had no family. I mean, you know, when I look at it, I'm like, what? You know, I couldn't do that today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, such as, you know, the joy and folly of youth. But anyway, um, it was it was a lot of running away. It was a lot of like trying to escape the pain and um it's only when i came into the work and to this onto the self-awareness journey that um i healed from it and then when we stepped into the pandemic and when i saw people of all different age groups dying and so my conversation with death is not just about it started with my grandfather and my and my mother but somehow i've been front row see witness to any kind of death that you can imagine mm. with people really close to me so from suicide to terrorism to you know old age to really young i mean i've just some somehow just been gifted with this privilege and that's when i realized that um hey we need to talk about this because you know we say it that you know the whole joy the verb and all of that but um, that's not the same thing as really being aware of our own mortality. Human mm-hmm. beings are just great at thinking they're going to live forever. Mm-hmm. Even when you look at the, you know, the pharaohs taking everybody with them because, you know, life just continues and, you know, all of that. And the importance of talking about it so that it's not as traumatic when you pass or when you lose somebody. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest factors is regret. Mm-hmm. So live your relationships in such a way that if something were to happen to the other or to you the next day that you have no regrets, you can go through, you obviously will go through the whole grieving process. You'll be sad, you'll, but have no regrets that I didn't say this or I didn't do this. And to have your affairs in order is very, very important. 
to have all the legalities in place, to have your digital passwords all in one place is just so important in today's day and age. Like a person can't even post on your behalf on Facebook if they don't know your password, you know, that right. this person's passed. You know, so many times I see people wishing happy birthday to somebody just because they get yes. a notification and they don't even realize the person's gone. Right. You know, yes, I've seen that as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's a different energy when you know the person's past and you're wishing them a heavenly birthday and whatever. Yes, but, yes. you know, so these things are very, very, very important, Um, you know, and I decided to have the conversation about death from this very practical point of view. So I'm the the touchy feely part of it for me is in the birth conversation. Mm. I don't do the death doula bit. Like that's mm. up to the death doulas. I'm the no, you know no. the birth doula part because, like you said, it's cyclical and you know the snake energy and resurrection. I mean, everything is cycles and matter cannot be created or destroyed. Right. And you know, um, the person who passes on is energetically converted and the the soul continues on its journey. No one really knows what's going to happen. Yes, we have our faith and, you know, we're brought up and conditioned to believe certain things after death. I just maintain that we don't know what's happening, but the person's gone. The grief is around the people left behind. The impact is on them. So if you haven't left your affairs in order, they're the ones who are going to suffer. Right. They're the ones, instead of focusing on the grieving process, are going to be embroiled in bureaucracy yeah. and running around sorting things out. And that's not really fair if you really love people, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And I know so that's like, why I talk about it without mercy. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. Yes. And, and I remember that that same person who became the Buddhist monk, he told me about they had a practice where he had to look at these pictures of dead bodies, like all kinds of dead bodies and, and, and people died and stuff to, to help them to contemplate death and talk about death. And, and, and I agree it's, it's this Western society has gotten so against the idea of growing old and dying that we don't even talk about it. So we don't talk about it. We're not prepared for it when it happens and we actually experience it. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. If you look at the whole conversation around the DNR, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much resistance to that. If yeah. you decide to be an organ donor, there's so much resistance and the resistance comes from the family's uh, part. They don't want to let you go, right. you know, and the doctors and the whole medical system is designed to keep you alive no matter what, unless right. you say otherwise. So how will you know that you need to make that decision unless there's conversations around it? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. It's time for us to take the last break of the show. Um, when we come back, uh, I would like to just talk about, you know, you, you're about to come out with this new book. Where, where do you see yourself moving forward? What does the future hold for Natasha Sharma? Okay. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. And we'll be right back with our guest, Natasha Sharma, to wrap it all up. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify, your business today. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. 
Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey, Natasha, so you have a new book coming out next year, Love Initiation. What's that all about? So it's um, basically 28 authors collaborating together to uh, write a chapter each. And we were all in Egypt together from the 28th of September to the 11th of October. And each person went through their own journeys, their own transformations. Everyone, um, you, we, we write under the publishing house, uh, Brave Healer Productions. And Brave Healer Productions does, collab- uh, does anthologies and collaborations for the healing professionals. Um, so we're all experts in our own right. We come together and we share our wisdom on a given topic, whatever the lead author decides. And so we're talking about our own love initiations and then giving a practice, a tool that the reader can then benefit from. Um, and, uh, some of us are writing about what happened to us in Egypt. The rest of us are just writing about, you know, we just had our personal transformations in Egypt and we're writing about our stories. Um, and, uh, personally, um, I have had so many shifts after I became a published author, stepping out into the world with, you know, a, a defined voice and, you know, a, an agenda to change and help people to recognize that love and joy is their given state. You know, like I just wish that I could have like John Lennon's like imagine like tattooed all over me. Like that, that's the anthem <laughs> for the world. That's all we need, you know? Yeah. Um, but like I said, one person at a time and one step at a time. Um, so yes, I'm going to be writing about um, listening. So my chapter is going to be called um, inner, inner Wisdom Versus Inner Critic, Learning to Listen mm. to Your Soul's Voice. So it's pretty much, uh, like I said, you've been spying on me, Sam, because it sounds <laughs> like what you started the conversation off with. Um, so it's really about learning to, once you're in alignment, to really understand which is conditioning and what is your real true mm. authentic understanding of the world and that comes on a soul level that comes on a from a universal energy level it's got nothing to do with the rat race and um the next holiday home or the next rolex or whatever you have mm. um and things are wonderful 
uh, material things are great. Um, but if you think that that's going to give you joy, then go for it. But if it's just a temporary fix it until uh, you need the next thing, then there's something that you need to be reflecting on and looking at. You know, what makes you really laugh out loud? You know, that yeah. belly laugh. What makes you like shiver and giggle like you were three years old? And do more of that because life is so short. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So so I'm curious, did you have a magical moment when you were in Egypt? Did you have something that was truly uh, uh, awe-inspiring? Oh, yeah, for sure. But to be very fair with you, um, the first night we we had exclusive access to the Sphinx under moonlight. So it was only the th- the 20 of us who went to the Sphinx. And then we were there till sunrise, watching the sunrise above the temple, the sun temple. And I definitely felt that I was part of this ancient fabric. Like it all felt mm-hmm. really familiar. Um, and then when we, the, the next night, no, the night after that. So the third night, we basically went to Philae Island, where there's the Temple of Isis. Mm-hmm. And that's when my snake conversation went like, oh, you know, it wow. literally was Isis said, like, welcome home. And it's like we were separated for, you know, humanity needed to come back to this level of consciousness for the snake and the Kundalini energy to re- reunite with the feminine energy of Isis. And you know, that's pretty much what's happening in the world anyway. Um, and uh, once I was done with those two, I was like, hey, this was worth the 10 grand <laughs> you know, that I spent. I can go home now. So the rest of it really was, you know, for me, because um, just to give you a little uh, a little background on the 12th of September. So I, we left for our trip on the 28th of September. So the 12th of September, I actually had this really a powerful download that presented itself to me as a poem. And I wrote this poem and then I wrote a backstory to the poem. And that's what I'm actually going to be putting in my chapter. I've decided, I've realized that it's all there already. Um, And in that, in, in that uh, poem, some, the snake conversation came up, which is where I took, I mentioned briefly that it was biblical. Like I literally felt that I was the serpent in the garden of Eden. And my first conversation in my head was how do I justify being the serpent in the garden of Eden? Who's, you know, was Satan. Mm. And, you know, and that's when I realized that the snake is actually even, even mythically, it's so vilified, but it's still not become extinct, even though everyone's scared of snakes, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but the snake just gives you choice. And so does the devil. The devil doesn't force you to do bad things. It's all about choice. And that's when I realized that, ah, this energy feels right to me. And mm-hmm. when I took this Nom Diplom of NS Shakti, I didn't put much thought into the into choosing Shakti. I just took Shakti because it's a powerful word. In mm-hmm. normal Hindi language, it means strength. The fact that it's goddess energy, the fact that when I was walking mm-hmm. the temples in Egypt, my Egyptologist kept on looking at me and saying, Shakti, Shakti, Shakti. And I was like, do you know I'm writing under NS Shakti? He's like, no, I didn't. And <laughs> you know, it was just all these things that have come together and it's only because I've worked on myself and my self-awareness to reach this point of self-actualization that I can embrace and I can say these things without feeling like, what am I saying? Like, I'm like mm-hmm. feminine, divine, goddess energy. Like, yeah, I am. I can say yeah. it today. 
<laughs> but it's been it's been a beat to get here. I know you know. Sure. Yes, I know. I know. As, as someone once said, I heard in a conversation recently, in order to be the hollow bone for spirit, we need to do a lot of inner work to clean and clear ourselves so spirit can come oh. through appropriately. I love. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Wow. wow. Yeah. Well, Natasha, I could carry on this conversation with you for hours. Unfortunately, it's the end of the show. <laughs> if people would like to learn more about you, um, how can they find you? How would you like people to get in touch with you? Honestly, the best way is Instagram. I've just started my NS uh, Shakti author page. So that, mm-hmm. I mean, you can put it in the show notes. It's basically NS Shakti.author on Instagram. And then the other stuff that I've been doing is bodyspeak.in at um, Instagram. So those are my two social medias. And as things unfold, there's going to be a lot of stuff. I just I just know there is like 28 people just want me to come to America tomorrow. So I'm like, well, well 27. Please, what? please, if you ever make it to New York City, you must let me know so I can uh, take you out and show you around the city. And we can have a cup of Absolutely. chai together. I know a great chai place in, in, in near <laughs> nice. Chinatown. Nice, nice. Okay, the last time I was in New York was 1999. So, mm. yes, I look forward to coming back. All Wonderful. I've told my friends and my co-authors is just make it worth my while, you know, <laughs> like so that I like, to see it for somehow, you know, some yeah, awesome, wonderful retreat, some speaking gig, something. Invite me. I'm waiting. <laughs> You got it. You got it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule for coming on my show today. I so appreciate you. I'd love to keep in touch and let's see how life develops. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sam. I had like an amazing hour. Thank you. And Wonderful. like you said, it could go on for several more. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in each week, because without you, there is no show. And of course, if you missed any part of today's show, you can always catch the replay on talkradio.nyc. And you can always find the Conscious Consultant Hour on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, you will find us there. Thank you all for tuning in. Take care. We will talk to you all next week. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mara Bronfu, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 1 p.m. Eastern on Fridays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. 
Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.